Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Hopefully that you had um, time to rest, to stop, to rest, delight and to worship over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Although we haven't been gathering together, it is lovely to gather together again this morning. Um, Although I can see where all the youth have got up and left. It looks like some of you think that some of you smell, maybe. No, let's not go there. Um, I'm kicking off a new series this morning, which we're going to be looking at for most of this term. And our title is Do Different. We're going to be looking at a whole host of different topics, not just me, but lots of other people, um, that as followers of Jesus, we can do differently, either because, either differently to how we've done them before or differently to the rest of the world. We want to be people who follow Jesus and do life differently. Um, Pip and I have a, a, a favorite author, a lady called Anne Voskamp, and um, Pip found a couple of, uh, of her quotes on Instagram um, over New Year, and it says this. I'm going to have to turn around and read them because I've made it so small on my notes I can't see. Um, it says, a question. Can we put that slide up? Is that all right, Will? So a question. With humble hope in the help of God, what do you want to do differently in 2023? I was like, Anne Voskamp has read my notes because I started writing this before Christmas. And then she goes on to say, I keep thinking, we make resolutions because we know our soul is in need of reformation. I love that. Our soul is in need of reformation. We resolve to accept that only this can solve. Humble hope in the saving help of God. Our soul is in need of reformation. And we can only do that with God's help. So as we begin this new calendar year, I know we're eight days in, but um, bear with me. Um, How many of you have made New Year's resolutions? Maybe only one. Mm. Oh, have you managed to stick to them? Well done. Can I ask what it is? Are you prepared to share? Oh, to always volunteer to drive on a night out. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. Brilliant. Well, the only, like I have made a couple of which I have almost managed to keep. One is I'm not going to buy any more books, um, at least until I've read the pile that are, is by my side of my chair. Um, although I kind of broke that yesterday because I got an Amazon voucher for Christmas, so I bought myself a new Bible. So I don't know if that counts. Somebody else bought me that. Great. So I haven't quite broken that one yet. Um, my niece has resolved that she's going to do daily stretches because she wants to be able to do the splits. So um, that, I thought that was pretty impressive. She asked me to join her on New Year's Day. I declined gracefully. <laughs> um, so what do you want to do differently in 2023? Or perhaps the question should be, who do you want to become in 2023? Who we are informs what we do. I don't know whether you are goals-driven sort of people. Um, But if we don't have a vision for where we're headed, then we'll never get there. They say, don't they, aim at nothing and you'll hit nothing. If you have a vision in mind of where you're going, then you're more likely to get there. Maybe you want to become a more caring person 
in 2023. So what are you going to do to develop that caring muscle? Maybe you want to get fit, get fitter in 2023. What are you going to do to change your lifestyle in order to make that happen? If we want to become more like Jesus in 2023, perhaps we need a plan. Maybe we need to make some changes. Anne Voskan also said on Instagram uh, in the new year, she wrote this, a note to soul. In the new year, the only hope of a new you is Christ in you. Nothing new will happen this year apart from him, the one who makes all things new. Nothing will be changed, remade, transformed. Nothing will be satisfying apart from him who has made our heart for his. I just love that. I love a new year. I love looking ahead and thinking, what is this year going to hold? What am I going to do differently? What am I going to start? What am I going to stop? But actually nothing will change this year unless my heart is intertwined with the heart of the Father. Um, I don't know how many of you, some of you I know are my age, some of you are too young and this won't mean anything. Um, there was a program growing up when I, um, when I was younger called Bertha. Um, it was made by the same people that made Postman Pat. Like, Nikki's nodding. Um, the theme tune was Bertha, a lovely Bertha. Oh, what a magic machine. Something along those lines. You can YouTube it, okay? <laughs> Just, I, that's what she looked like. So what, basically, she was a magic machine. And you could put something in one end and something amazing and magical would happen in the middle. And then a perfectly formed contraption or device or whatever it was you wanted came out the other end. Um, this is how my brain works. When I was writing this, I was like, Lord, like, why have you brought Bertha into my mind? Um, but I needed to share it because I think it, it's just this very simple example of what, what you put into Bertha affected what was the outcome. It's a little bit like, excuse me, lowering the tone, what we eat affects what comes out. I'll leave the rest to you. Okay, so as we follow Jesus this year, if you have decided to follow him, as we look at what we're going to do differently in 2023, what goes in, what we input, what goes in affects what comes out. As followers of Jesus, we have Jesus as our example, as the most whole human being who's ever walked the earth. Emotionally, physically, spiritually, mature, differentiated and whole. God with skin on as he walked the earth, his hands and feet. And he is an example for us. If we want to be the most whole human beings that we can be, we need to look at his example and walk in his footsteps, which means that mean we need to decide to do things perhaps differently to how we have. We need to work out what to put in. We need to be intentional. I wonder, as we enter this new year, Will you do something different this year to get a different result? Now, I, I mentioned that I've decided I'm not going to buy any more books, although I have bought a new Bible, partly because one of the things I want to do this year is I want to, be, I want to read more of my Bible. I love reading. I'm a slow reader, but I do love reading. Um, and I have lots of books on the go. But actually, I want to prioritize my Bible this year. 
that's something I'm going to do differently. Perhaps there's an area in your life where you know you want something to change or you want breakthrough in a specific situation. Is there something you can do? Is the Holy Spirit whispering something to you that you could do differently that will affect that change? Now, forgive me if you've heard me say this before, but a couple of years ago, um, I knew that I needed to deal with some stuff in my life. I knew that I had an integrity gap um, between the person that I was in front of all of you and in front of all of my friends to the person that I was behind the, our closed front door. Now, I'm, I, I could happily be, I could easily be happy, polite, outgoing, extroverted, friendly, have all the patience in the world to everybody outside of our front door. Um, but there was quite a few occasions where maybe I was slightly grumpy, maybe slightly snappy, um, a little bit moody, not very patient once the front door was shut and there was just five Woodwards in the house. Five Woodwards that I'm directly related to, not other Woodwards that aren't my nuclear family, just to clarify. Um, and in fairness, all of, all of them are here this morning, so you can go and check this out. Okay, you, I give you permission to go and ask them um, about my behavior. Um, but I knew that I needed to do some work on myself. I needed to get before the Lord, and I needed to deal with um, my moods and my attitudes. And, uh, and I began to um, develop uh, some new spiritual disciplines that I had not done before, one of which was to slow down, to, um, to take time. I, I you know, love fitting things in. I'm an organized list person. But it meant that the people that I live with got the least of my time and got the brunt of my um, organizing and performing and doing what else I needed to do. Um, so for me, I had to be intentional. I needed to deal with that integrity gap. So I wanted breakthrough in that area. I wanted to be more present with my children, to not be distracted. And I chose to, to invest in slowing down, which I could tell you a whole lot of stories about, but I won't now. But if you're interested, come and talk to me. Um, I knew that I needed to be intentional about that in order to be more of the person that Jesus wanted me to be. I had to change things. And that only came about because I heard the whisper of the Holy Spirit. He challenged me. So what is it that you need the Holy Spirit to nudge you in right now to do differently this year? Or it might be that you're totally sorted, you're great at everything, and um, you're just like Jesus, so there's no need to change anything, which is amazing. So please, could you come and pray for me at the end of this morning's service? Just before Christmas, I was talking with my spiritual director, and she asked me specifically about something, what God was saying to me about how I was going to move forward in a specific area of my life. And my immediate response was, well, I don't know. I'd kind of vomited on her, not literally, verbally, about a situation. And she was like, and what is God asking you to do about it? And I was like... And of course, she's a spiritual director for a reason and very wisely said, well, shall we ask him? I was like, oh, yes, let's do that. Um, and immediately, uh, the verse in Zechariah 4, 6 came to mind. Uh, it says, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And it might be you've heard that verse before. It might be that you've never heard it. And I'm just going to comment on it. Because as I chewed that verse over, over a few weeks, I felt like that was a verse for all of us here 
this morning. Zechariah, he was a minor prophet. Um, minor because what he said was shorter in length rather than major, which um, examples of Isaiah and Jeremiah, they're the main, major prophets. Um, Haggai, Haggai was also a contemporary of Zechariah. And he's, his, his book is in the Old Testament just before Malachi. So kind of at the end of the Old Testament, just before you get to the new, the one previous to Matthew is Malachi, and then you've got Zechariah. So if you've got your Bibles, you might want to have a look. But Zechariah was born in Babylon. Babylon is in modern-day Iraq. Um, And the whole of the northern kingdom of Judah had been exiled to Babylon. Um, Back in the days of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if ever you've heard of those, their characters uh, who we read about in the Old Testament, And the Jewish people had been taken off as captives to live in Babylon because Jerusalem had been, uh, the whole of Judea had been um, invaded by the Babylons. Um, And Zechariah was born. He was born into a priestly family and he um, was given the gift of a prophet. He was a seer. He had um, slightly different from the gift of prophecy that we, um, we use and we walk in today. Um, the, pr- the minor prophets and the major prophets, they were given specific messages for specific people at a specific time. And that was Zechariah. Um, and a few of the um, Jews that were in Babylon went back to Jerusalem about 500 BC under the leadership of a guy called Zerubbabel, um, specifically to rebuild the temple. So if ever you've read Nehemiah, he went back to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. That was a bit later. The temple was rebuilt first. This remnant went back to Jerusalem. And Zechariah and Joshua went as the spiritual and moral encouragers of that, of that remnant. So um, they um, supported Zerubbabel, the leader, but, but they, they were kind of like the the kind of the spiritual leaders of that group. And so Rubabel was overseeing the rebuilding of the, temple, of, of the temple that had been destroyed while they were in exile. And Zechariah's overarching message is one of, come on guys, get, on back, get back on track with the Lord, um, and one of encouragement to complete the temple. This place of worship that was kind of, uh, it signified so much for that nation um, and Zechariah's message was, it was one of encouragement. Um, as I say, they'd gone back to Jerusalem with the express purpose to rebuild the temple. And when they'd got there, they'd got a bit distracted. And Zechariah's message was one to encourage them, to keep them on track, or to get them back on track with God and complete the task in hand. It was to give, to refresh them, to refocus them with this vision of hope and this future where this, their place of worship, this building that signified so much, was rebuilt. And the people needed to be refocused on the vision. They had got distracted. How many of us get easily distracted? Perhaps you feel like God has given you uh, a purpose or a vision, but yet life gets distracting. Things that are going on distract you. So we're going to specifically look at this verse, 
Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. That was just a bit of background. Um, and it's like, um, like we say in all of our meetings, come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is already here, but we want his presence to increase, to, to change us, to meet with us, to move us. And that's what Zechariah does almost. It's like he has this picture from the Lord in chapter 4. And he shares this picture with Zerubbabel because it's Zerubbabel's job to kind of communicate it to the wider people. But this picture is of a lampstand that is burning and it never goes out. And by this lampstand are some olive trees. And it's like the oil from the olive trees provide the oil for the lamp that is without limits. And it's a picture to remind the people back then, the remnant in Jerusalem rebuilding the temple. But I think it's just as relevant for us today that it's the oil from these olive trees represents God's Holy Spirit that is, not, that is never limited and it keeps that lamp burning. It's only by God's Spirit that anything is possible. So that verse 6, it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. It's not by their own might. They're not going to rebuild the temple with their own might and strength. Um, it's by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which is without limit. So verse 6, so he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. It is only through God's spirit that anything of any lasting value can be accomplished. Just like Anne Voskamp said on Insta, nothing will change re- Nothing will be changed, remade, transformed. Nothing will be satisfying apart from him who has made our hearts for his. So as we think about this year ahead, maybe you feel like you can only think about the next week. Maybe we feel a bit of trepidation, a bit of nervousness, anticipation for things that are looming on the horizon. Maybe we feel excited and expectant of what is to come. How much are we trusting God and his power and his presence for all that is to come? And I believe that we can decide this morning and every morning as the sun rises to trust him and to trust that it's not by our strength or our abilities, but by his spirit. So for Zechariah and for teams of Bell, they had been back in Jerusalem rebuilding the temple for 12 years and they'd got distracted. They'd got, it, it stalled. They, they needed refocusing because they had become too focused on their own needs that, and they'd lost sight of the vision of completing this place of worship. Having that place of worship as a focal point for the community was a distant memory, hence the need for Zechariah's prophetic voice. So it's not by might. Might is a word used over a hundred times in the Bible, and it, it refers to collective strength, like a team or an army, a group of people. It's not by power. Again, a word mentioned lots of times in the Bible. In this context, it's more referring to individual strength and power, an individual skill, wisdom, and abilities. So it's not by our collective strength, 
wisdom, power, abilities, efforts, and experiences. It's not by our individual um, strengths, power, wisdom, abilities, experience, and effort that we can live, love, and labor for the Lord. It's all by his spirit, which in some ways takes the pressure off us, but it also isn't a free ticket to stick up your feet and relax. Hosea, another minor prophet, reminds us that we don't have the, the ability to fulfill God's plans, but we also don't have the ability to disrupt God's plans. Once we listen, hear, and respond to the promise that it's not by our might or our power, but by his spirit, then doing things differently becomes a real possibility. If we just read on one more verse to verse 7 in Zechariah 4, it says this, What are you, mighty mountain? Before Zerubbabel you will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of God bless it, God bless it. So Zechariah goes on to say, you know, mountains can be leveled with the power of God, with God's spirit. And as a result of that, he will be worshipped. We can try all we like, together and as individuals, to change our lives, our cities, our streets. But ultimately, it will only happen by God's spirit. As I say, not a free pass to sit back and relax. That was never God's intention. But it does also, I think, seem like a real encouragement. So the plans that you have for this year, where do God's pl plans fit into that? Have you asked him what his plans for you are for 2023? We will hit roadblocks, guaranteed. Things won't be straight, straightforward and plain sailing. There will be obstacles. But I also believe that if we hold on to the Spirit of God, if we hold on to, to God's coat's tails, figuratively speaking, if we follow his footsteps, then all of the obstacles, all of the difficulties that we face, they won't disappear, but the obstacles will be surmountable. The roadblocks won't take us out of the game. Some mountains might be leveled. Bring that on. But those that aren't, God will give us all we need to conquer them. Philippians 4.13 says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us by his spirit. So we can plan and prepare but as humans, we are limited. So perhaps our New Year's resolution should be to let go and to let God. So Rubberbell faced massive discouragement. As I've said, they'd been rebuilding the temple for 12 years. It was going on and on, and people were distracted and not that bothered. And then God gave him this picture. Just to pause, are you feeling disappointed right now? Have you made plans, prepared, worked hard, but hit your limits? It's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. 
We're just going to wait a moment. Because I think if you aren't sure what you could do differently this year, the Holy Spirit knows, and he just wants to whisper that to you. So you might want to close your eyes. Holy Spirit, will you speak? Will you whisper to us what we need to do differently this year? some of you this might be new but a thought might have just dropped into your head that's the Holy Spirit and he may well have spoken about something or whispered something that you think well that's so small and silly and ridiculous God cares about the small silly ridiculous things that we think about And I don't know if you've heard it said, the phrase, God always pays for what he orders. Whatever it is that the Holy Spirit's just dropped into your mind now, he's not going to leave you on your own to deal with that. The Holy Spirit in you will help you, sustain you, provide for you, lead you, hold you up. For Zechariah and Zerubbabel, after 12 years of distracting, distracted rebuilding, of losing sight of hope in God, God spoke to Zechariah, and within three years, the temple was completed. God spoke, and their situation changed. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. In moments of tension or stress or anxiety or celebration, what would it look like for each of us to acknowledge those emotions and those feelings and say, come, Holy Spirit? If you have a sense that God has whispered something to you, the Holy Spirit's whispered something to you this morning, I'd love it if you could stand. I'm not necessarily going to ask you to tell us what it is, and we just want to pray for you. Although if the Holy Spirit has said something, I'd encourage you to write it down and tell somebody, because it's a great way of being accountable. But if the Holy Spirit's spoken to you this morning, why don't you stand so we can pray? Grace your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you that you're here already. 
just white on you. Increase your presence, Father. That last song we sang in worship, you're all I want, you're all I need, you're all I've ever needed. I think for some people that's hard to sing. But it can be an intention, even if you feel like you're not able to say it completely. I say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, you're all we want. You're all we've ever needed. It'd be great to pray for those people that are standing. So if you're not standing... Um, we'd, I'd love you to gather around some people that are. Just You can lay a hand on their shoulder and just say, come Holy Spirit, more of you. Increase your presence, Holy Spirit. More of you, God. Thank you that you speak. Thank you that you are with us and never leave nor forsake us. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you'll seal in our hearts what you have spoken over us this morning. That you will encourage us, you'll be with us, you'll sustain us, you'll provide for us. More of you. More of you, God. Feel free to stay engaged with the Lord. If, if anybody would like any prayer for anything else, then we would love to pray for you. But we will kind of dissolve the service now. Refreshments will open in a moment. But may you leave here knowing that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by his spirit that we walk out of here, that we live each day that we love those around us.